Give me a mighty shout unto the Lord. Give me a mighty shout. Open me, chain, madame. Sana, yes, Oh, yeah, madame, for pan. Martinine, oh, yeah, me, potenti. Everywhere I go, I will lift him up higher. 
see, we are sons of the king and we have to praise his name. It is, a, it, it, it is, not, it is, it is not by chance it is not by chance that today we are born again because it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that what? For by grace are you saved, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. This morning I want us to pray in our understanding and appreciate the fact that today we are born again and we, we too we are sons of God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the adoration. We thank you the glory. You are, you are indeed Lord. And today we are your sons and daughters. We are your sons and daughters and we, we, we declare that we, we are grateful Lord. For we did not lift our finger for you to save us but in your own will you came to save us. In your own will as according to your, your good will, your good purpose. You have saved us. We heard the gospel with many. The gospel is being preached all around, but we, you have opened our ears to hear and we have responded to your call. Father, we say we thank you. We were thinking and we could not help, we couldn't help ourselves, but you came and you, you saved us. We did not help you to save us. Nobody helped you. You saved us and Father, we say we thank you. We give you all the glory. Praise the Lord, all our soul, and all that is within us. Praise His holy name. Amen. Let's pray. You see, everybody with his mouth can say thank you to God. But God wants more. God wants us to thank Him with our life in obedience to His word. And before we can thank God with our life, we have to know His word. So this morning, let's pray and ask God, our Father, Lord now we are your son. We are part of the family. Make known the laws in the kingdom to us as we come to your word. Open the eyes of our understanding as we come to you in the word. Let us know that we will serve you with our gifts, with what we have in our hands. We will serve you with what we have in our hands. Not only with our mouth and not only in dancing, but with our lifestyle as we obey you. We as we serve you with our gift and with our talent. But we said this is our reasonable service that we serve you, Father Lord. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of our understanding. In the olden days, you appeared to them as fire on, on, on another mountain. But in our time, you have appeared to us on the mountain of Calvary. And your spirit is in us today. Open our eyes that we will know what we have in our, in our hands and we will serve you with it, not only in, in, in singing. Father, open our eyes that we will know you in the word. We, what you've done for us, we don't, want just, we don't, we don't just want to, we, to thank you with our word, but with our life. For your word says that is our reasonable service, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us an, a, a spirit of wisdom in your word that we will approach your word. We will turn like Moses turned. We too, we will turn. We will repent about how we see your word. Open our eyes, Father. Open our eyes. We said if we pray according to your will, you hear us, Father. We are praying that you open our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do I have some youth in the house right now who are happy to be present in the presence of the Lord? Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You want, you want to move from your seats, okay? And welcome somebody to church this morning. Move from your seats. Welcome about three people to church. Tell them that you're looking wonderful and beautiful this morning. I'm glad to see you in church this morning. And I am sure that God has something in store for you. Amen. Don't just stand there idle. Don't just stand there idle. Welcome somebody to church this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us kindly take our seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a wonderful thing to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says that David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. You are welcome to today's service. This is ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. And in this place, our vision is to become world changers, nation builders, and inventors through training in godly principles. And our mission it's grooming proactive, spirit-filled, disciplined, leadership-minded youth who are ready to take up responsibility and dare to make changes in their generation. A youth that is current and relevant. Hallelujah. Amen. If today is the very, very first time you are having fellowship with us, we, are con we consider you a very special guest and would like to acknowledge you as such. So if you are here, this is the very first time you are fellowshipping here. Kindly give me a wave wherever you are. This is the very first time. Oh, this is a, kindly rise to your feet. We'd like to acknowledge you. Those around, extend the hand of fellowship to them. Kindly take your seat. Oh, 
that song was specially composed for our first timers. We appreciate your presence. Please do not be in a hurry to go after service. Kindly sit on the first row to my left and we'll have some interactions with you. If you have any questions about the service, you can ask them and you'll also be refreshed. All right. Let's continue with the announcements. Um, our departmental meetings are as follows. Every Monday, we meet here to pray from 4 to 6 p.m. And on Tuesdays, we meet for evangelism from 6, uh, from, sorry, from 9 p.m. to 1 p.m. That is when we meet. And then on Fridays, we meet, uh, the dramatic acts meet from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. All right, you are all encouraged to be part of a department. And also on Saturdays, all departments meet from three, all departments meet from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Church workers also meet from 5 to, to 5.45. And then facilitators also meet from 6 to 6.30 p.m. Amen. All right, our 2019 devotionals are also available. We have Diving Word going for 25 CDs. We have Daily Power going for 9 CDs. That is the GHS. And we have Daily Guide going for 10 CDs for SHS. The announcement is in my head. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Any more announcements? Okay. The announcements are done. Hallelujah. I want us to turn our Bibles to Mark chapter uh, chapter 4, verses. I'll read from verse 3 now. Mark 4. Yesterday at church workers meeting, we learned that we cannot come to church and receive the word of God and allow the word of God to just live our lives. We forget about it, and that is it. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, there's a parable that Jesus gives to his followers, and it's the parable of the sower. Reading from chapter 3, reading from verse 3, it says that, Mark 4, verse 3, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and, and, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop. That sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He was ears to hear. Let him hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Week, week on week, we come to church and we hear the word of God. But it is of no effect if we hear the word and allow the enemy to steal the word from our hearts. Or we allow the cares of this world to choke the word in our lives. It is important for us. Last week we learned about the art of meditating on the word. It is important for us when we hear the word, we meditate on it and allow it to have an effect in our lives. Amen. So let us not come to church because we have to every Sunday. But let us come with an understanding that when we come and we receive the word of God, that word will transform our lives once we meditate on that word. Amen. Amen. And so, as we are taking our offering, I want you to have these thoughts in your mind as you take your offering, all right? Be like the, the sower who sowed the seed and it fell on good ground. Let your heart be good ground for the word of God today. And even as you are giving your offering, pray that the Lord will cause whatever thing that your offering is going to be used for to prosper. Amen. Shall we invite the choir now to help us take our offering with one song? Let's give them a hand as they come up. Don't stop clapping till they are all here.
show appreciation unto the Lord for this ministry. Amen.
so much for that which you've blessed us and out of that blessing we bring to you our offering we ask that you will sanctify and bless it and cause it to prosper in all that it is used for we ask that your blessing shall remain with us as well cause us to have to give all, all the time for you, unto you and unto your word we bless you O oh God and we thank you for an answer prayer in Jesus name I will pray with thanksgiving amen amen oh amen how many of us were in the first service let me see by hands Yes, Hi, wonderful. We, we received a, a, a wonderful word in the first service. And for those of you who, are st- who were in the first service and are still in the second service, you are going to receive a double dose of that. Amen. 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 It was a powerful word. And I, want, I don't want to waste too much time. I want us to invite with a clap of praying our very own Uncle Bethmon, the only Osofu with swag, to come and bless us with a word from the Lord this morning. Amen. Oh 
nothing more to live for. There's nothing more to live for. I want to know your heart, Jesus. I want to know your way. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heartbeat, Father. some young people that are happy to be in the presence of God. If you are happy, let me hear some excitement in your voice this morning. Uh, are, are there some world changers in the house? Are there some nation builders in this place? If there are, let me hear a louder shout. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said world changers. I said nation builders. If you are indeed a world changer, if you are indeed a nation builder, I want to hear you give the Lord a louder shout of praise. Amen. You see, when we say world changer, we are talking about those who the world waits on to make decisions. That you come and you change the status quo. Are you part of that number? Do you believe you are part of that number? Then one more time, let's give a shout of praise. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for this opportunity to stand before great men and women. The next Kofi Annans, the next Ban Ki-moons, the next um, directors of the World Bank. I'm, I'm prophesying. I, I, because I've not said I see, you're not receiving it. I'm, 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 I'm standing before the next president of this nation. I'm standing before the next great move of God in this nation. 
Amen. I had, I had a friend. Eh, he, he said he is a move of God. He didn't say that I am waiting for a move of God. He classified himself as a move of God. And this morning, I'm standing before the next move of God in this nation. Amen. 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 I, I, I thank God for this opportunity. I salute uh, leadership, all the facilitators for the immense job they are doing in this place. I want to salute most for our father and our leader, Uncle Bijou. Let's give him a round of applause. Let's appreciate him. Mm. There are, there are some people that have, have made an imprint in my life. Yeah, I, was, I was a stubborn child. Came to Teen Chapel. God started working on me through him. And uh, we thank God for his life, for his immense sacrifice, for all the things that he's, he's done for us. Mm. I want to salute him and thank him. Uh, today my wife is not here, but she sends her greetings. So greetings on behalf of my wife. When you marry you two, you can extend your greetings on behalf of you. <laughs> Amen. So take your time. Live life the right way. You marry. Then you can greet on behalf of your wife or your husband. Uh, isn't it a nice thing? Yeah. Okay. Serious business. Um, this year has been declared our year of wisdom. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say wisdom. wisdom. Turn to another person and say wisdom. wisdom. You see. But unlike other years, eh, Unlike other years where they will declare a theme. Oh, discovery. You don't discover anything, then the year will end. Supernatural. There's nothing supernatural about your life, then the year will end. Oh, righteousness, purity. You have you are found a way to sneak between themes. And there's nothing to show. This year, one of the things that God told me expressly at the beginning of the year, that this year is unlike others. That this year, if you don't walk in wisdom and you don't align yourself to what God is doing, you'll be exposed. Why? Because wisdom has results. If you walk in wisdom, there are results to show. You can't just tell me you are walking in the wisdom of God and there are no results to show. The Bible says that this wisdom was ordained for us for our glory. It means that if you walk in this wisdom, the end is glory. Wisdom builds. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, that by wisdom a house is built. It's not money. There are, there are people that have money. They've not built. They will go to their grave. It says by wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. The Bible says by wisdom God framed the earth. So at the end of the day, if you are wise, there should be results to show. Somebody say results. Yeah. Say fruits. Fruit. Results. Results. Fruits. See, at the end of the day, there must be something to show for your wisdom. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 that there was a small city and a great king came and besieged the city. But there was a poor man in the city and his wisdom saved the city. But afterwards, he was forgotten. Because a poor man's wisdom is despised. In Jewish culture, if you say you are wise, there must be results to show in your life. You can't tell us you are wise and you are poor. Where are the results of your, your wisdom? Mm. You, can't, you can't even put food on your table. 
yet you are claiming to be wise. Hmm? There's this old adage that says that uh, people usually use it a lot. They say, oh, the Western world, they have a lot of knowledge and application. Over here, we have wisdom in Africa. No, what are the results? Wisdom has results. The Bible says, in Luke chapter 7, verse 35, it says, and wisdom is justified by her children. It means that when we look at the children, the results, the products of wisdom, we can tell the wisdom that's operating in your life. So when we look at your life and there are no results, or we look at your results and your results are nothing to write home about, we know that your wisdom is foolishness. We know that there is nothing at work there. You are claiming to have something you don't have. At the end of this year, God will come and mark and check for results. At the end of this year, God is embarking on a project. See, anytime you see the wisdom of God at work and you see God release the spirit of wisdom, God is about to do something. When God was about to create, when God was creating the earth, if you read Proverbs chapter 8 from verse 22, wisdom was speaking. It says, when God was creating the earth, before he formed the circle of the earth, before the primordial dust took their form, I, wisdom, was there. He was there as master craftsman. When God wanted to build a, a temple for himself and make all designs, what did he do? He employed wisdom. He says, I have called Bezalel. And I've put my spirit upon him. And I've given him the spirit of wisdom in all manner of craftsmanship. So when God wanted to establish his temple, he released wisdom unto a man. This year, God is about to do something. And he has released the spirit of wisdom. You see, there are three levels of the anointing. The first level of the anointing is the one that you have when you are born again believer. The Bible says in 1 John that with this unction we have within us. And it shall teach us all things and we have no man no need for a man because that's the first level of the anointing the unction you have number two level of the anointing is the anointing that you have because of an assignment that god has placed on you and the third level of the the anointing that sets you apart that's the anointing that sets apart is you identifying what god is doing in a season and align yourself then god anoint you to perform this year the anointing being released is one for wisdom because there's a, a task to accomplish are you aligning yourself what are the results? Mm. In Mark chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says that Jesus entered the synagogue to teach. On the Sabbath day, when he taught, he says, the Bible says that they were astonished at his, teach, at his teaching. And they says, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is given to him that such mighty works are done by his hand? If you are going to do mighty works, you need to work in wisdom. Somebody say, let's work in wisdom. Say to yourself, this year I must work in wisdom. I will work in wisdom. I refuse to be foolish. I refuse to be resultless. I refuse to be barren. Because barrenness, eh, fruitlessness, lack of results, is a demonstration of the wisdom at work in your life. The Bible says they saw Jesus, they heard his teachings. They says, what wisdom is given to him? That such mighty works are done by us. When we see the works done by your hand, we will know your wisdom. Oh, we will know your wisdom. When we come to your room and your room is a mess, everything is lying around haphazardly, we know your wisdom. When we come to your country and malaria is killing people, every 30 minutes a child under five years dies from malaria, eh? we know your wisdom. 
Malaria is, is, do you know the meaning of malaria? Malaria is malaria, bad air, caused by death. Uh, stagnant water here and there, choke gutters. People are dying every five minutes because in Ghana we, ca we don't have the wisdom to be neat. <laughs> eh? So eh, what we are experiencing in this nation is a result of our wisdom. What we have, Ghana had, Ghana had, Ghana had, the Ghana had syndrome is a result of the wisdom of the nation. So if you are going to elevate yourself and rise beyond the systems, rise beyond what is going on here, we need to work in wisdom. And this year, God is calling us to a place of resolve. Amen. Amen. So at the beginning of the year, I was thinking about wisdom, trying to find out, God, how do, if this is what you are saying, and this is what you want to do, because I, I, I don't know, but it's a strong thing that God is laying out, that this year there must be results to show. Enough of the, we are Christians, we are Christians, but there's no results in your life. This year there must be something to show. There must be a clear distinction between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Not every virgin is a virgin. There are wise ones and there are foolish ones. This year there must be distinction. So as I was thinking about it, God asked me a series of questions. And today we'll discuss, we'll have a, a nice discussion about one question. So the, 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 the message title I have this morning is, is the question that God asked me. And the question is, what is in your hand? So... The, me the title of today's message is, What is in your hand? What is in your hand? This question came from the book of Exodus. You see, God, Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says, Moses was now on the backside of the desert, attending to the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. And he saw a strange sight. He saw a bush that was burning and not being burnt. So Moses took upon himself, let me go and investigate this matter. Let me find out what is happening. Moses drew near to the fire. And as he was drawing near, God turned and spoke to him. Then he should remove his sandals, the land he's stepping on, his holy ground. So he, well, then God starts giving him an assignment. God says, I have heard the afflictions of my people Israel. I have heard their cries due to the afflictions of their taskmasters. And I have come to deliver them. Now Moses said, God said to Moses, Moses, you go to Pharaoh and go and tell him to let my people go. Moses looked at the task at hand. He looked at God. He asked God, God, who am I? Hmm? Sometimes that is how it is. Yes, we are saying that this year there must be resolved. There must be, you are thinking about big things. And you are asking yourself, looking at your current situation, and you are saying, God, who am I? It's not, it's not, it's not a, a bad question to ask, Mom. Because sometimes when you look at the thing, you are in Teen Chapel. When you come to church every Sunday, they say, world changes, nation builders and inventors. Hey. And you are from Adegono, Nungwa, Ghana, West Africa, Africa. You look at the, and you look at your mates in Tokyo, your mates in Japan, and what they are doing, you are like, God, as for the world changes, it will be hard. Let's do Nungwa changes. <laughs> Because you are looking at the enormity of the task. You are looking at yourself and saying, God, no, you don't know what you are talking about. Maybe it's not me. It's like, is it me, Jesus? Is it me? Because 
Moses is looking at God, looking at the enormity of the task. God, do you understand what you are saying? Who am I? Because in, in Egypt, Pharaoh is not a normal individual. Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. And in Egypt, every Pharaoh is a god. It's considered god. So, God, you're asking me to go and stand before this guy. I can lose my head for this. I'm not qualified for this. You are calling me a world changer. God, even what to eat, I'm not seeing top. You're calling me a world changer. Who am I? So Moses and God go on an exchange. And God passes here. Moses will pass here with a conversation. And God says this, Moses will pass here with a conversation. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. So Moses was going on, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord had not appeared to thee. So Moses' final excuse was that, God, if I go, eh, they will say, I didn't see anything. I'm hallucinating. Oh, we came to church. We, we, they will tell you that when you come to church, eh, it's what? Uh, there's this word they use uh, collective hallucination. They will come, eh, because they are declaring something to you, you are saying something. You, who are you that you are calling yourself a prophet? Who are you that you are calling yourself a world changer? Do you know where we are from? Hey, stop what you are doing. Let's go into Agari Sokins. Do you understand what you are saying? Do you know the implications of what you are saying? Moses said, they will say that God has not appeared to me. And God asked Moses, verse 2, And the Lord said unto him, Moses, what is in thine hand? And he said, a rod. So God asked Moses, Moses, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Moses said, a rod. Moses had moved. Moses was once a prince in Egypt. He was, he was trained by the best of the best. In, if he was in Ghana, he would go to the top school. What's the best, the best school at, at your level in Ghana here? Oh, <laughs> someone said Achimota. Eh. Mo, Moses went to the TIS, the GIS, and things. He went to the higher schools. Yeah. Trained, groomed in warfare, military tactics. The guy had learned martial arts, jiu-jitsu, kung fu, everything. Because as, 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 as a king, he was also the leader of their armies. As a prince under training for the throne. So at a point, Moses, Moses had a certain level of conviction for the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian abusing an Israelite. He went to intervene. One thing led to another. I'm sure Moses' training was very solid. Because one thing led to another. Pardon, he killed the Egyptian. But the news went out and he, he fled. So God is asking Moses, what is in your hand? Moses is saying a rod. Because the first time Moses tried the assignment, he was trying to do God's assignment with the methodology of Egypt. With Egypt's methods, he was trying to accomplish God's task. With, with the training from the palace, he was trying to accomplish the work of heaven. God says, no. What is in your hand now? Moses said, a rod. Because when Moses fled into the wilderness, he, he went into a new school, the school of shepherding. Learning how to take care of flock. Learning how to take care of the sheep, how to be patient with them. If you read the life of Moses, you realize that Moses was a very patient leader with the people of uh, Israel. 
At a point, God said, Moses, you get out of the scene. I can clear all of them. I'll do new things. God says, no, be it far from you. Moses stood before God. He says, no, no. Because he had learned the patience of shepherding. So God is asking Moses, Moses, what is in your hand? He says, a rod. This morning, what is in your hand? What has God placed in your hand? What has God placed in your hand? What is in your hand? Maybe a unique gift. Maybe an ability to sing. Some of you, you can braid hair. Can braid hair. When we look at the hair, you say, this is hair. Some of you can draw. Mm. Some of you are good with gadgets. You can dismantle, assemble. What is in your hand? See, when God is calling you for a task, he has already, uh, he has already placed in you what he needs for the task. See, he calls, he qualifies. He has placed in you what you need. The Bible says in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, says that the communication, that the sharing, that the outward expression of our faith will become effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is within us. When God made you, he placed the thing within you to get you to where he wants you to get to. It's up to you to work hand in hand with him. So he's asking, what is in your hand? See, when God made man, he made man in his image and his likeness. He says, let he says what? Let him uh, have dominion over the face of the earth. Let him what? Be, he says he should be fruitful. It was a command. He says be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue the earth. How was man going to do it? God has already placed in man his unique identity and image. So man was without excuse for the work at hand because God has placed himself in man. What is in your hand? Moses looked at it and says, a rod. And if you read about the life of Moses, you see that this rod played an integral part with his life. What is in your hand? What is in your hand that God has placed in your hand that you are despising this morning? See, the, 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 the problem most often is that we despise what is in our hands because we are comparing. Today, anyone of you here, hear the word of the Lord and gain wisdom. Stop comparing. The Bible says in the book of it says, comparing themselves with themselves, they were not wise and they became foolish. It is the, it is the first step to frustration in life, a comparative lifestyle. Mm. Everything you are comparing. The Bible says that the kingdom of God shall be likened to a man who was going to a faraway journey and he called his servants, three of them. Unto one he gave five talents, unto another he gave two, and unto another he gave one, each according to his several abilities. The one that was given five looked at what was in his hand and set out to work and gained five more. The one that was given two, likewise. The one that was given one, his preoccupation was also what was being given to the one who had five and the one who had two. He asked for this girl, she can draw. If I could draw like a minute to you, too, you can sing. And he can't sing like you. You see how I was struggling to sing when I was on stage? Because uh, that is not the area of my gifting. If I try to be burnt offerings unto the Lord. <laughs> eh? But you are busily comparing. And he went to hide his talent. Despise his gifting. What has God placed in your hand? Some of us, because we are, we are busily comparing, we are despising the things that God has given to us. 
Among the things that God has given to us, number one, he has placed himself in us. When we got born again, Christ came to dwell in our hearts by faith. We have, we carry God. We have God in us. But because we are busily comparing with the world, hmm, that girl in your class, she has four boyfriends. And this Valentine's Day, her drawer will be full. Because there will be cards, there will be gifts and everything. And you are looking at, and you are despising your salvation. Because you are saying, hey, if it wasn't for Jesus, like the things I will be getting. And you are despising your salvation. You are hiding it. So now you are forced to bury your salvation. The gift that God has given to you. Buried it in the ground. Because you are comparing yourself to the world. God has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit. Bible says he told the, the disciples, "Stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. So all of us here who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have the promise of the Father. God has given it to us. It's in our hands. We are not doing anything with it. We are despising it. Because we are busily comparing ourselves to the world. That is our problem most often as Christians. Now looking at the world this week, my sister passed through East Legon, and she saw Osef uh, Kwame Despite's new house. Hey, when she saw the house, but thank God for spiritual people. When she saw the house, she was like, wow, this is beautiful. Then she said, hey, so he will die and leave all of this. What shall it profit a man if he gains all of this and loses his soul? Some of you will see the house, yeah. When she saw the house, that was the conclusion. Yes, it's nice and all, but what shall it profit me if I gain all of this and I don't get to heaven? What shall it profit you? You have the Holy Spirit. You have hidden the Holy Spirit. You have buried him. What has been given to us? God has given us his word. In his word are great and precious promises. The Bible says that by them we might escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. But we have buried it. Read your Bible, you read. Because you want to be like the, the, your friends. So you want to stay on. When they're discussing anything on the group platform, you want to be current. You want to be there with them. So what God has placed in your hand there, you have tossed it somewhere. God, God has placed something in your hand, you have tossed it somewhere and you have picked up your phone. So when the Holy Spirit asks, what is in your hand? What's up? <laughs> what is in your hand? Instagram. Mm. Some of you church, praise and worship. We are worshiping God. And what is in your hand is Snapchat. God forgive you. If you are, that, if you are like that, say I repent. Hey, you are plenty. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So what is in your hand? Some of you, you can play football. And you are very good. Charlie, see, what makes Messi and Ronaldo stand out is not their ability to do mathematics. Nobody will ask. I'm not sure they even do their own taxes. Nobody will ask Messi, eh, what is 24 times 2,000? He doesn't have the brain space and capacity for it. He says that's the Ekobobo. Because that is what God put in his hand. What has God put in your hand? I have a friend, he's called Asamoa. Oh, when first year, Samoa started painting. When Samoa paints 
and draws you in first year, you question your, your, your likeness. Because you look at the thing, this cannot be me. I rebuke you. <laughs> look at the painting. When you look at his portraits when we were in first year, you understand and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You understand the scripture better. Because you see a fearful image. <laughs> but over the period, the guy knew that this is what God has given me. He's been drawing, he's been drawing. Now he draws for the vice president. When the vice president is going to give a portrait, he draws for him. Now he's not just a Samoa portrait. If you, if you use what God has put in your hand, some of you are looking outside. The thing is in you. God has already given the thing to you. Please stop comparing. What has God put in your hand? He has put your, your unique gifts and abilities. Your job is to sit down. See, sit down with the Holy Spirit. Some of you spend time doing too many things in your life. Sit down with the Holy Spirit. Do an inventory with him today when you get home. Holy Spirit, what are the things that you have given to me? What are the things that you have placed in my life? What are the things that I'm supposed to, that are supposed to help me build and get to where I need to get to? Some of you can play an instrument. You can sing. When you bring it, you don't sing. You don't do anything. You're just sitting there. You're wasting your talents, wasting your gifts. Hmm. Ah, at the end of the day, we'll see. In Second Kings chapter four, Second Kings chapter four, verse one. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. And the Bible says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be born men. So this woman, her situation is such that she's in debt. The husband died. There's nothing. They are in debt. And the, the one whom they owe, their creditor, is, has come to take their head sons to go and work until they can pay off the debt. She has run to the prophet. Prophet, do something about my situation. I'm in dire need. If you don't come in, we shall die. My children are going away. Come, intervene in the situation. The prophet responds, verse 2. And Elisha said, Unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? She was, she ran out of the house to the prophet for a solution. The prophet is asking, what is in your house? Hmm? We are running to God. God, I cannot do this. God, you said this. I cannot do it. You want me to be a world changer. God, what am I going to do? And God is asking, what is in your hand? What is in your house? I've placed things within you. I've placed things in your hands. You have despised them. And you're like, no, 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 God paused. The prophet paused there in the steps. Hold it. What is in your house? What is in your house? Look at her answer. And she said, thine handmaid had not anything in her house save a pot of oil. It shows her mindset about the pot of oil. She says, thy handmaid had not anything in her house. So to her, the pot of oil in her house was nothing. She didn't regard it. And that's our problem. God places things in our hands and we don't regard it. 
we think that, oh, it's just salvation. It's just Holy Spirit. Oh, it's just singing. It's just drawing. It's just football. When you see the paychecks of some things that you are, you are calling jest, that people are making money with, that they have developed themselves and they are doing exploits with. Eh? It was just the jawbone of an ass. Eh? But what did Samson do with the jawbone of an ass? He slew a hundred Philistine soldiers. A jawbone of an ass. It, it was just a jawbone. What are you calling just? He says, I have nothing in my house. Oh, if only God blessed me and he gave birth to me, if I was Bill Gates' daughter, then life would be better. Oh, I've done that permutations before. Sat down, calculated if I was Bill Gates' son. Like by this time, the car that I'll be driving, the houses that I'll have, the investments that I'll do. <laughs> but please, I was born at Community 6, Provita Hospital. So, Mr. and Mrs. Seteria Mensa, this is what God gave to me. What is in your house? Stop looking afar. What is in your house? Now, the woman said, oh, nothing save a pot of oil. Verse 3. And he said, go borrow the vessels of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. A few. Go borrow vessels. Empty vessels. Borrow not a few. The scripture is not saying go and borrow money. Eh? Some of you, you think that if you borrow money and you get money, at least you can solve your problems. No, it's not money. It says go borrow vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Here's the catch. You see? When you identify your gifts and your talent and you know where God is taking you, the fact that you are born for the throne doesn't mean you have the capacity to sit on the throne. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 that the heir, so long as he's a child, differs not from the servant, but is put under tutors and instructors until the set time of the father. This year is the year for tutors and instructors. It's the year to learn. It says, He's put under tutors and instructors because the father knows, yes, this my child by birth qualifies for the throne, but by capacity, he's not ready. There is something God wants for you by the end of 31st December. Now you qualify for it. Capacity-wise, you don't. But he says what? Go, borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Go, borrow vessels means Go and build your capacity. Go and build your capacity. Eh? You're born again, believer. Since you got born again, no capacity building. You have not read any Christian book before. Some of you, even Christian book Christ, far, you have not completed a book of the Bible before. We are doing Bible reading challenge in this church, reading through the Bible in a year. A chapter cry is hard. The last time you read a chapter was when we read Colossians and Philippians in church. Build capacity. Hmm. When I got serious with God, fortunately, my dad had bought the entire collection of Kenneth Hagin books. Oh, crossed my leg long back, sat down, read the books, read the books. I mean, we've read the books. Someone, you need to sit down. Put your friends aside. 
put your friends aside. This year is because at the end of the day, when, when they, are, they, are, they are counting and they are making record, it's not, we are not going in pairs. You can't get there with your best friend. Some of you, you, are, you, have, you have let a certain boy, a certain girl creep into your life and you have nicknamed her your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and she's wasting your time. At the end of the day, God doesn't judge people in couples. On the day of reckoning, when they are checking, what have you done? Mm. The Bible says, yes, we receive like precious faith. Second Peter chapter 1, that one says, yes, we receive like precious faith. But it says, now, to your faith, add. It says, given all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. There are things to add on. Build capacity. Obvious Christians, you are not building capacity. You, are not, you, are, you, are, you don't know how to pray for long. You can't even sit down with the Bible for long. But you want God to take you to the top. You want to be a minister of state. You want to be a president. You abuse it when you get there. You don't know self-control. It says, it says add to yourself temperance, self-control. Because when you get to the top, there is power. And with power comes the, the, the tendency to abuse it. When Lucifer walked to Jesus on the mountain and tempted Jesus, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Eh? You rise to the top, you are a minister of state. The devil will come to you if you are indeed a minister and you are powerful. Turn your secretary to bread. <laughs> bread? Bread is things that are edible. So your secretary is not edible. She is there to perform a function. But you rise to the top. And because of the power that you have and you refuse to build capacity in your youthful days, you look at the secretary, then the enemy is telling you, turn her to bread. <laughs> then the secretary, who was supposed to be performing administrative duties, is now performing bedroom skills. <laughs> you have turned your secretary to bread. You see people in the church, they rise to places of prominence. Money that was meant for the state, that is meant for the country, they've turned it into their bread. Why? They didn't build capacity. Build capacity. Hey. Joseph was in Pharaoh Potiphar's house. He said, see, my master has given me all of these things. You, Mrs. Potiphar, you are not part. I cannot turn you to bread. He says, my master knows nothing except the bread that he eats. But as for you, you are not part of that bread. You are not part of what my master has given to me. Joseph has spent time building capacity. Stretch yourself. Learn how to spend hours in prayer. Learn how to fast. See, sometimes fast, no prayer topic. You are just trying the body to see if it can do it. Eh? When you are praying, set a timer, one hour until, because see, me, I believe, minimum, your minimum prayer life is one hour. Uncle Biju gives us 15 minutes. Me, I said, one hour. When Jesus came to the disciples and they were asleep, he says, could you not wait with me an hour? So we are starting there, one hour. So you set the timer. Oh, if you fall asleep, it's good to fall asleep in the presence of God. You wake up, you continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not always that we pray continuously. At times, yeah, that. <laughs> but yeah, when you sleep, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 you continue. It's not bad. 
It's better than going to the nightclub. Uh, it's better to come to all night and sleep than to go to the nightclub. If Jesus comes there, how will you answer? Oh, Jesus, you see, I came to do outreach. <laughs> mm. So build capacity. It says, borrow vessels, borrow not a few. Mm. You've identified your gift. You can draw. Read about art. Learn drawing skills. How to use different pencils. Grade two pencil. Charcoal pencil. Learn those things. You can play the keyboard. Learn the different skills. Learn how to play them. You have, you're a musician. Learn how study from the great musicians. Some of you are here in the church. You say you are worship leaders. The book of Psalms, you don't know anything from the book of Psalms. Come and stand here. Lead us in praise and worship. There's nothing. I don't want to go there. <laughs> but please, let's build capacity. Build capacity. How do we build capacity? Number one, we serve. We serve with our talents. We serve with our gifts. Find yourself in a department. Serve in the house of God. You have the unique, you have the unique advantage of being in this place at this point in time. Because over here, you have been given tutors and instructors. They're facilitators. They are vessels you can borrow from. Some of you want to do big business. There's Auntie Jifa here. You should, this time you should be asking her questions. Eh? You want to rise to, to, to uh, prominence in the, in the uh, secular uh, working field? Ask Uncle Bijou. He has been at the top. But you are here. Work in the department. You work. Do. You do. We said, hey, whatever we do in the house, do some. You just say, can, 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 You do. Join a department. Yes, you might mess up. We'll rebuke you. It is good. If we rebuke you and you are angry and you get annoyed, you are a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. The Bible says, The Bible says what? Rebuke a wise man and he will increase in understanding. Rebuke a fool and he will hate you. Some of you are in the house. When you do something, your mother corrects you. You get angry. It's foolishness. You're on a fast track to destroy your life. And then you fold your arm. Mm, media, don't talk to me. Um, you're not my friend. <laughs> that is foolishness. I like how the Bible is straightforward with some things. So me, when I say it, I'll hide behind the Bible. Yes. <laughs> Eh? Yes, we'll rebuke you because you need to correct those errors now. Yes, you are anointed at a young age. Yes, it's nice. You are anointed. David was anointed when he was 17. When he sat on the throne as king, he was 30. You are not ready. Yes, you are anointed. You can lay hands. They receive the Holy Ghost. They'll be rolling on the floor. Then they are falling. It doesn't mean you are ready to start a church. Hmm? It doesn't mean you are ready to start ministry. Sit under tutors and instructors. Yes, you are an heir. You qualify for the throne, but you are not ready. Build capacity. Serve, serve, serve. When David was anointed, the next thing, God found a way to take him into the palace to go and serve King Saul. Go and serve. Humble yourself. See, whenever you are proud, 
Whenever you're proud, it's like, you know when you open a tap and you want to drink water, you put a cup under the tap. Whenever you're proud, you're like a cup sitting on top of the tap. Whatever is flowing will not enter you. You have a unique gift. You can sing, but when you come, because of pride, and the choir every day, they are burning songs. Me, I don't want to be part of this group. Every day, they are burning the songs. So you're not joining the choir. You are not being wise. Eh? Serve. Because in the midst of the service, Uncle Solo tell you that, oh, okay, you know this song, you can do it this way. You can do it this way. You can do it this way. Then now you, are, you, when you realize you are writing your own songs. Your songs, the first one, you burn it. Second one, the melody will be off. But at the third one, you will get it right. Then the songs are, are, are becoming better, are becoming better. Then before you know it, there's a song that has risen to prominence. Then God is going to use that song to catapult your life. Build capacity. Serve. Hmm? Nathaniel Bassi, he served in his church. Served in his church for a long time. Music ministers who come from the U.S., they want to go and record songs with him. His pastor will tell him, no, you are not ready. He sat down. He served. They'll come. Oh, let's go. No, no. They say, no, you are not ready. Now, they leave America and come to him in Nigeria. Because he spent time, served, built capacity. Eh? Some of you are in a hurry. No, stay there. Build capacity. Jesus Christ, 30 years capacity building mission for three years ministry. Hmm. Second, steady. After seven, steady. Steady. Read books, read books. Read books. Go for more. Go for extra. Do not be satisfied with little. Yes, Uncle Bedman has come to preach. When we close, don't close the Bible. Go, say, okay, Uncle Bethman quoted this scripture. Is it correct? He said this and this. Is it correct? No money. Yes, I can make a mistake. Go and search it. Go and search it out. Study. See, at your age, do not take your education for granted. Though, because that, it's all part of the capacity building. Eh? There are great football, there are footballers in Ghana. That when they got the chance to go to JSS and secondary school, they didn't take it seriously. What was their biggest downfall was signing contract. Signing contract. Charles Taylor, signing contract. His agents robbed him of most of his money. Mm. Build capacity. Study. You're in school, so you don't want to take anything serious. Yes, because, oh, maybe they've told you that, oh, you play football, or you can. So, yes, you want to. No, steady. Build capacity. He says, borrow vessels and borrow not a few. Borrow knowledge from different, different areas. Read, yes. Yes, you are a science student, but once in a while, go and read from business. You are a business student. You don't like science. Once in a while, go and, because we, you'll be there. Someone will come and sell toffee to you in a drawer that it is medicine. Oh, I've seen some before. The guy was selling mint. Mint stuff you. Hey, the way he massaged the thing, and people were buying us like, yeah. <laughs> eh? Borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Build your capacity. Because to stay at the top, you need a capacity. What God is going to do with what you have in your hand is directly proportional to the capacity you have today. Yeah. What capacity are you building with what you have in your hand? Because at the end of the day, the Bible says that when you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The thing, the problems of life 
don't respect persons. Goliath will not reduce in size because David is small. Hmm. The problems in life will not reduce because you are from Ghana. Yes, we are competing on a global scale, but the problems will not reduce because you are disadvantaged. You need to build capacity. I remember when I started working out and I hit the gym. The first day in the gym, they gave me what they call baptism of fire. Mm. They picked the one plate, 45 pounds barbell bench. They put me under. They said, lift it. I was able to go up. When it came down, it couldn't go up again. Thing was stuck on my throat. Oh, oh. They left me there for about one minute. Then they came to home. They said, welcome to the gym. That was the baptism of fire. But after two weeks, the same weight, now it was going, I could do 10 reps. Eh, see this chest? I <laughs> could do 10 reps. Not, the, the weight didn't change. Mm, the weight didn't change. My strength increased. The problems of life will not adjust themselves to you. It's not because you are short, Goliath to come to your level. I hope you are getting me. You need to build capacity. Mm. You need to build capacity. See, a wise man is strong. A man of understanding increases strength. So yes, get wisdom. Read books. Understand different perspectives. Get to know what this person is saying about the topic. Some of you, that is why when you go to exams, you are failing. And when they ask you, the teacher didn't teach me. You want him to teach you everything. Himself, he doesn't know everything. But you set an exam like he knows everything. Mm. And you have to know it. That is why when they start the, the term, aside the, the, the general textbook, they give you suggested textbooks you should read from. Eh? He will not force you to read it all, but you see that if you read it, it will help you. It's called capacity building. Build your capacity today. And today is the day to start building your capacity. The Bible tells us about the story of the ten virgins. Ten. All of them were virgins. All born again. All in the church. Virgins. They were, they were virgins by their virtue of being born again believers. They all had lamps. Uh, they had heard the word of God in one form or the other. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They were holding lamps. They all had oil in their lamps. But the Bible says that amongst the ten, there were five that are considered wise. What makes them wise? Their capacity to carry extra. Extra oil. Extra oil. When we come to church and they close the sermon, they don't just close their Bible. They go to their rooms. They do extra. When they go to school and the lesson is over, they don't close their textbook. They go. They do extra. When they come to church and they say we should serve, they are not satisfied with the bare minimum. They do extra. And their, 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 their capacity is increasing. They are carrying extra oil. So at the time of reckoning, when the, the, the bridegroom comes, as people are now going to look for oil, you have extra. At the end of the day, when the time of reckoning comes, hey, what do you have? Do you have the capacity to wait and tarry for the bridegroom. 
Because it is on the day of reckoning that's whether your, that your capacity will show. It doesn't show every day, but on the day of reckoning, when the time comes, if David hadn't built capacity on how to throw the sling, what Goliath would have done to him? When Goliath saw David, look at his indignation. He says, am I a dog? It means that if Goliath could take hold of David, like it would be a, a very nice scene. But see, David had built capacity. There's a story of, of a certain group of soldiers. They are in the book of Judges. I've nicknamed them the left-handed soldiers. They are from the tribe of Benjamin. The, the ben, Benjamin, Benjamin means son of my right hand. But this group of soldiers, they are people, if you, if you study the, 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 the history behind the text, they are people that have gone to warfare. But they have suffered some injury of one sort because what, what caught my attention is that all these soldiers are left-handed and all they do is throw a sling. And the Bible said that they can throw a sling even to hit the strand of hair on your hand. What makes the difference? Yes, they tried one way. They, they got injured. They got hurt. But it didn't stop them from building the capacity to use a sling. You are making too many excuses. See, the world doesn't need people who make excuses. The world is looking for problem solvers. World changes are problem solvers. They are not people that make excuses. Africa doesn't need people to make excuses. When you are appointed as president, come and work, no excuses. When you are appointed as a minister, come and work, no excuses. But if you don't build the capacity today, you'll get there and you'll sing the same chorus. And, you know, we, we have to do this. And, no, build capacity today. Amen? Amen. Let us build capacity. Let us go the extra mile. The second Kings chapter 4 scripture, please. Verse 3. No, the verse 4. It says, And when thou art come, and shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Verse 5. And she went from him and did as, as the prophet had commanded. She sent her sons, they brought vessels, and they began to pour. When she spoke to the prophet, she says, I have nothing but a pot of oil. She boiled vessels. And she began to pour. And as she was pouring, the vessels were becoming fuller. See, just by, by understanding, it means that the vessel carries more capacity than the pot. Right? So she boiled more vessels. And as she was pouring from the pot into the vessels, the oil kept pouring. It kept flowing. It kept flowing. It means that your gift is, only lim is limited by your capacity. The impact of your gift is limited by your capacity. The, man, the Bible says, Seest thou a man diligent in his ways? He shall not stand before mean men. He shall stand before kings. Your, the dimension of influence that you carry, you are limiting yourself if you don't build your capacity. David's influence was to a whole nation. If he hadn't built capacity when he was in the wilderness, he would have remained a shepherd boy. This woman's pot. The, the, the dimension of influence the pot carried was for liberation, sustenance, and freedom. If the woman hadn't gone to borrow vessels and pour them out, her sons would have been sold out. What do you have in your hand? 
that you are not making use of. Today I'm calling you to a place of assessment with the Holy Spirit. Sit down. When you go home today, today this is your assignment. Holy Spirit, we are taking inventory. You have given me salvation. I have the Holy Spirit. You have given us promises in your word. You have given me this and this talent. The ones that I'm not identifying, show me to pinpoint me to my place of learning. Because he sits under tutors and instructors. Where are my instructors? Where are my tutors? Then you point to, okay, this month your tutor is the book of Isaiah. The next month, buy this book and read. Go and talk to Uncle Dennis. Talk to Uncle Solo. Go to YouTube, watch this documentary. You are building capacity. So that when the day of reckoning comes, oh, we are looking for a young man who can play the harp, who can sing, who can do this. They say, ah, I know a certain boy. The one who recommended David, we don't have any, any record of his encounter with David, but I'm sure he had heard of David. I'm sure one time he was passing by the wood and he could hear some music coming from the desert. Some of you, you can play the instrument. When we close from church on Saturday, Sunday, you don't rehearse again. Saturday evening, when they are coming to give their song, they are now rehearsing here. Shame on you. Not building capacity. So when they brought David and they brought him in, one day they will come. Oh, we need someone who can do it. And it doesn't matter. See, when we are in need of solution, when the world is in need of solution, when God wants to raise a man and you build the capacity, age doesn't play a factor. If you have it, you have it. Uh, if you have it, you have it. If you don't, I'm sorry, you don't. And maybe by the time you end, you, you finish building capacity, maybe you are too old. Maybe the, 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 the opportunity has passed. But God, there is patient with you. Because when Moses was 40, he started a journey. He was taken out. When Moses finished building capacity, another 40 years had come to pass. He was 80. Then God said, now you are ready. See, start building capacity. You don't want to be 80 before you start. I'm not sure anybody wants to be a millionaire when you are 80. How do you enjoy the money? Ah! Now the doctors are telling you you can't chew chicken. You can't eat meat. <laughs> you have to eat, drink only this. Ah! See, you don't want that to be your portion. This is the time to build capacity. Porto Timothy says meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Give your everything to it. Go out. Give your everything. Give it your best shot. Mm. As Christians, some of us, we are too lax. The way the world is now, we have to be radical. When you get born again, the Bible says we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into his precious light. If this is the line, and you have come into the kingdom, see, run as far and quickly as you can. Run. Develop yourself. Because when you go get here, if somebody pushes me from the door and I come here, I'm still in. But if you are standing there at the line, and the way the world is these days, they are pushing us hard. Right now, they want to tell us how to run church, how to be a Christian, what is life and what is not life. Now, they are aborting nine-month, ten pregnancies. Because... Once it is not born, it is not life. But God who says, before you were a clot of blood. So they, they, they want to show us what the standards are. 
This is the time to build capacity and be radical and crazy for God. Let no man despise your youth. Don't say I'm young, so I cannot do it. This is the time to sit up. Steady. Guys, I beg of you, take your academics seriously. God will use it. He has placed you in that place for a particular reason. He will use what is in your hand. Mm? Take your Christian life seriously. The department you are in, take it seriously. Learn what you need to learn. Submit to the authorities there. When they rebuke you, be happy. Take it with a smile. Because when you receive rebuke, the Bible says it's because you are loved. The Bible says the father rebukes or chastises the child whom he loves. If you do not receive rebukement or chastisement, the Bible says you are a bastard. Let us build capacity. Judges chapter 3 verse 31. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anas, which slew the Philistines, 600 men, with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. The book of Judges is a, book of, is a record of people who rose to prominence by an extraordinary feat they did in their, lifestyle, in their lifetime. And they became leaders in the land of Egypt, in the land of Israel, sorry. Because at this point in time, Israel was still in transition. They had not come to the point of having kings. They were still a nation in transition. So at every point in time, a man would rise. There was Othniel. There was Ehud. And there came Shamgar. Shamgar's name is captured in two verses. This one and the verse that mentions his name before Deborah came. Hmm. The Bible says, and after him was Shamgar, the son of Anas, which slew the Philistines, 600 men with an ox gold. And he also delivered Israel with an ox gold. An ox gold is a device that shepherds use. It's a long stick. It's like a shaft. A long stick with a pointed edge. This guy was, was a shepherd. But a shepherd that had built capacity. Because, you know, one of the things that you develop as a shepherd is the ability to protect your sheep. But in protecting his sheep, the guy has built the capacity to fight. Imagine. Because that's what happened to David. Where did David learn how to do warfare? By taking care of his father's sheep. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord who taught my fingers to fight and my hands to do warfare. When he was fighting the, the bull, when he was fighting the bear and was fighting the lion, that was when he learned how to do warfare. So, like, like Shamga, this guy, he had an ox goat. The Philistine army was approaching. The Bible says he delivered Israel with an ox good, not with a sword. He didn't say, hey, father, they are coming. Oh, I don't have a sword. If, if I, I was like Samson, maybe you anoint me with, with unique strength. He didn't have the strength of Samson. Samson's strength was such that he could lift the, gift, the gates of a city. He didn't, have, he didn't have unique strength. They didn't prophesy about his birth. He, he wasn't from flashy backgrounds. Samson, we are given the, 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 the precedence before birth. But he also came into the scene. He delivered 
Isaac with an ox goat. This morning, what is in your hand that maybe you are despising, that you are not giving it the, the necessary effort, build capacity. And maybe, like I said earlier, you are from Adegononungwa, Ghana, West Africa, Africa. Maybe you are like Shamga. Because theologians believe that based on his name and his father's name, he doesn't have Hebrew origins. But you can also rise to the top if you build capacity with what God has placed in your hand. God asked Moses, Moses, what is in your hand? Moses said a rod. And for Moses, that became an instrument of power because he submitted it to God. He served God with it. This morning, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? I pray that in this week you will search with the Holy Spirit and ask him, Father, show me what you have put in my hand. I pray that you will begin a journey of building capacity because at the end of the year, there must be results to show and God will use what he has placed in your hands. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We thank you for your word. We know that you are building something marvelous with us this year. Father, this morning we submit what you have given to us, whatever you have placed in our hands. For those of us that are not aware of what you have given us, Father, we pray that you begin the process of illumination. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We pray that you take off the veil, that we might see the things that you have freely given to us, that we might use them for your glory, that we might submit them to you. And like the sword of Gideon became the sword of the Lord, may whatever is in our hands be put to use for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, let's do it better. Uncle Beth, come on. Um, the ashes kindly pass the Cornelius baskets. The basket for the Cornelius offering. Oh, ashes. We've heard so much today, right, about capacity building and preparing ourselves for what God has in store for us. What is in your hands? So, what is in your hand? Place it in the basket. Cornelius offering. All right. We are bringing a service to a close. Any announcements? All right, shall we please rise on our feet? Shall we please rise? We are bringing a service to a close. I'd like us to close our eyes and pray a quick prayer. Speaking to uh, the week. Ask for God's direction and his protection. We are asking that our hearts indeed will be like the, the fertile ground on which the, the word of God is sown. That we will not leave this place and forget about his word, but we will meditate upon it. We will ask God the right questions. We will seek out what he has placed in our hands. And then he will grant us the grace and the strength to build the capacity that we need this year you don't want this year to pass by you without any fruits to show of the wisdom of God in your life let's pray this prayer to the Lord
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your word to us. We thank you, O Lord, that you've shown us indeed that you have placed something in all of our hands, O Lord. And that which you've placed in our hands, we need to build capacity for it. And it is that thing that you are going to use to bring us into prominence. We pray that you reveal these things to us. For us who do not know that which is in our hands, we pray the Holy Spirit, as we engage you this week, you'll bring it to the fore. And that we'll come to understand what you've blessed us with. And I pray that you will grant us wisdom to pursue knowledge, to, to go and to build capacity in the mighty name of Jesus, that when the day of reckoning comes, Father Lord, we'll be able, O oh God, to meet the demand. We give you the praise and we give you the glory for an answer prayer. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we share the words of the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you, God willing, next week.